My problem is I don't adapt well anymore. I used to be very good at adapting. When I was a kid, I was always adapting because my parents were constantly, you know, moving me around at first and from, you know, when I was very young. And then all of a sudden they abandoned me and I was like a little kid. And so I didn't have any parents and I had a couple of siblings, siblings that I didn't love that now I like them. But at the time I was a little kid, I didn't like my brother and sister very much. They didn't seem to like me all that much either. It was a very contentious family. You know, I grew, you know, I was born in one city, then I, we moved to another city, then we moved to another city, then we moved to another city. And then uh, during all of that time of moving, not only did we move to different cities, we moved to different neighborhoods, and I went to different schools. I went to four different elementary schools and two different middle schools. And I was always having to fit in. So everywhere I went, I had this sort of army brat situation where I was trying to make new friends. You had to be very good at like making new friends, you know. But the problem is, is that I was always moving too. So we were always moving to new cities and new homes and new neighborhoods. And because of all of that, I got to be very good at making friends, but I also got to be very bad at keeping friends over the long term. And now I've been living in Las Vegas for 20 plus years and I've got about eight gazillion friends here and I think officially you would probably call them acquaintances although in Vegas if you know someone and talk to them twice a year they're your friend that's just the way it is here and you can count on a lot of those friends honestly I would say like 90 fuck 95 98 percent of the friends that I have if I I haven't talked to some of them in years. I could call them up and say, hey, can you do this favor for me? And they would probably do it. It's shocking how many friends I have. It's pretty great. And then uh, there are a few friends who were not friends. They were frenemies because they were trying to fuck my lovers behind my back or after I broke up with them um, or they were secretly trying to get my job back when I had a certain job or they would call me names behind my back that I would hear about. That was a small percentage of people. The only people that did that were like, you know, just the sort of asshole losers who don't know how to live. And honestly, it took me too long to cut those people out of my life. But once I did, my life got better. I've talked about this quite a bit in this year because this year I had to cut out a few people who I hated and I didn't like or love or respect. And I was like, why the fuck am I friends with these, like, this handful of people who are just garbage human beings with no souls? <laughs> now, that was just my opinion about them. That's not like they have. I mean, if I went to a court of law, I could not be like, oh, this is a bad person with no soul. I'm not saying, like, officially, legally, they're bad people with no souls. I'm saying <laughs> they just weren't my kind of people, you know. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I've always been very good at making friends, and I just go places, and I make friends, and I make friends, and I make friends, and that's great, but the other problem that I've been finding lately is that I just don't, I don't assimilate like I used to. When I was a kid, we would be like, hey, now I'm living in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> Imagine, like, imagine moving from New Orleans to Little Rock, Arkansas when you're, like, seven or eight. And then all of a sudden you have to fit in. You're a city boy with curly hair. And then you're dropped into like this 
little yokel redneck school in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I'm not saying that everybody in Little Rock is a redneck or anything. I just mean they were all like, you're not from around here, are you? You know, and I was like, no, I have uh, I speak like this. And so that made me stand out because I didn't. Oh, hey, man, can I get in that truck? And I wasn't, you know, that's how eight year olds talked when I got there. So I just felt like an outsider a lot. But the good thing about being an outsider is you learn to fit in and you learn to pick and choose what you're going to be conformist about. And that is a real strength. It's a real strength to be able to assimilate in the world and to know how to conform and when to conform. So I was pretty good at doing that so i'd be like okay so now i'm rooting for this team or i'm rooting against a, another team you know what you learn in life at some early age if you're paying attention is that it's just as important to know who to root against as to who you're going to root for so i learned to root for the dallas cowboys when i was a kid and then i developed good taste and decided oh i can root against the cowboys now <laughs> that's a joke <laughs> i don't i don't care you know when i was in love with the cowboys that was a beautiful time because you know why i loved their outfits i was just like they have the best outfits they have white and silver it's not like i don't love white normally i don't like the white color palette that apple puts out for instance i think it's dull and, uh, you know, white walls in your house, terrible. But for some reason, the Cowboys uniforms, when I was a kid, I was like, it's such a pretty combination, the white and the silver. Silver is the best. It's not my number one favorite color, but it's up there. I love silver. Like, there were times when I was in college, I would wear these, like, silver earrings, you know, or silver rings i wasn't big into jewelry but if i had one thing on my body it would be like a silver earring in one ear or you know one silver ring i think my was my high school class ring silver remember when class rings were a thing so i've always been pretty good at assimilating and that's always helped me but here's the problem I'm getting to is that here I am in Las Vegas and we didn't have any sports when I got to town. When I got to town, I was like, uh, people would call me from the East Coast that I came from. I mean, mostly the South. And they would be like, uh, hey, so what's it like being in Vegas? Are you fucking whores? And I was like, I'm not fucking whores yet, but I'll get to that. Right now, I'm just happy that this team doesn't have any sports. And I'm happy about this, that, and the other. And so one of the things I would tell people I was happy about was that we didn't have sports here. We didn't have any teams. It was great. And I'll tell you why. I You would go to like uh, a bar and people were dressed up like really good, really nicely. They were dressed sexily. People wanted to meet other people and fuck. And then there were some TVs up at places, of course, but they would, and they might have sports on, but... A lot of times they wouldn't, and then the sound was down. They would have music on instead. And so you'd have, you know, before we had sports teams, people were dressed to have sex, and they were in bars and restaurants, 
dressed to have sex and to meet people. And they were trying to look good. They were maximizing their looks. And they were seductive. And it was a more seductive town. And the worst kind of Vegas person, by the way, is the kind of person that is like, oh, man, the good old days of Vegas were better than the new days. And I never want to be that person. So I say everything I'm saying right now with a big giant caveat, which is that I am not really the person who's like, oh, Vegas used to be better and now it sucks. That's not who I am at all. There are things that suck worse now than they used to. And then there are things that are nice now that we used to not have. So the thing is, is that there's a pros and a cons list at all times in your life and in the city you're living in and, and in humanity. (laughs) Humanity always has a pro and a cons list. So Vegas used to be sexier and people dressed sexy and they, they weren't, if you asked somebody like what sports team they were into, they would be like, oh, you know, um, I'm from California, but I like the Cowboys or I am from Cleveland. So I like some Cleveland sports or, you know, just the normal sort of response you'd get. And a lot of people who were from here really wanted to have sports teams because they didn't like that. And I loved it. I thought it was great because you would talk to strangers and you would go like, you know, uh, you never talk about sports. And then they go, oh, that's because I'm from, uh, you know, Kansas City. And so why would I be talking about Kansas City sports to someone in Las Vegas since we don't have sports teams? There's no point in talking about sports with people. That's I used to get that all the time. Now, because we have the hockey team, the Vegas Golden Knights, and then we have this, you know, Oakland football team here now, the Raiders, and then we're about to get this Oakland baseball team, the A's, and um, we're going to get a basketball team as well. And, um, you know, the newest thing, and we have had NASCAR forever, and we've also had minor league sports, baseball especially, but... Um, now the thing is, now the thing that's taken over this town is we have F1 Formula One racing going on this weekend. And if you don't live here, the situation is thus. So for the last six months plus, um, the entire town's roads have been completely ripped apart and shut down to like, it's hard to get places because there's, they shut down a bunch of roads and then they started ripping the roads up. And that was, you could go like, oh, that's mostly the strip. Well, it's mostly the strip, but guess what? You know, what What do you think people work in Vegas? You know, a lot of people in Vegas, when you go to work, where do you think they work? They work on the fucking strip. Imagine how hard it's been to get to the strip because of this fucking F1 thing. All year long, everybody constantly has been bitching about F1. If you live here and you're local and you're just a 99%er, you're not a 1%er, you are fucking enraged at the problem about getting around and it's worse than that like the summer I went to you know I think I spoke about this in the past but in the summer I went to the Paris one day to meet a lover for some food and uh, it took us both of us an hour separately to get there then we got there and parked and it was a you know we were sort of on the strip at this um you know cute little bar that oversees the strip at Mont Amiga B and 
the road in front of us was being destroyed by these big road destroying machines and it smelled it smelled like uh, tar and all that stuff because you're not you know and then it's just loud and so you're and then all these tourists were just constantly like why is this strip so fucked up and so the tourists hated it all year long and the locals hated it all year long and now we got this f1 race going around and um there and so I went on Facebook and I was like, "Hey, um, you know, I don't, I'm not really into F1, so this is a big drag to me." But um, you know, I have some other friends that are calling it for like the Fire Festival of Las Vegas because they've had some, you know, real problems where a car got destroyed by a manhole and all this other stuff. You know, um, in addition to the fact that like the racers have said that they hate it here and. And then they didn't know that it was going to be cold, so that's not great because they need their car tires to be. I don't know, man. Unless I could give a fuck, I am not paying attention enough. So anyway, I went on Facebook uh, yesterday and I was like, "Hey, um, you know, do you think this is Fire Festival?" Because some people have been calling for the F one stuff here Fire Festival, and I don't know if that's true or not. And so all these people that are going are like. No, it's great. Those people are just whiners. You know, like I'm going and I've got the VIP stands and I'm having champagne and I have money or I have connections and it's fantastic. And then (laughs) and then I was like, oh, wow, all my people, all my real friends, friends and these are friends in real life. They're like, uh, oh, you know, it's fantastic. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good perspective to have. And then. So that was yesterday during the day. And then I went to a bar last night and and it was a locals bar with no tourists really. And, um, so we, the F1 was on the TV and man, everybody was just like, fuck this F1. I hate it. I hope the cars crash. I hope the drivers die. (laughs) I hope it never comes back. It's causing all these problems with the, driving to work and parking and F1 is just treating us like we don't matter. And the people that run Vegas treat us like we don't matter. And it's like, Oh my God. So we have a real tale of two cities in Las Vegas at all times. We have like the people who run Vegas and they're just like, you know, force feeding everything to us. And then we have the locals and the locals are usually very, um, you know, uh, conformist. And so locals will usually be like, Oh, you know, Hey, we have this new hockey team. We're going to get into it. Oh, you know, the Raiders are here. I didn't like them before, but okay, I'm cool with it. Or, um, Oh, you know, there's a new show on the strip. I'm going to go year one or, you know, like I'll give you a good example, but some artists put up a bunch of rocks out in the desert and they're painted different colors. It's the stupidest thing that's ever happened in the world. But, you know, the first year that this installation went up in the desert, um, all these like locals went out there. I mean, tourists primarily, but a lot of locals went out there and took pictures. And they were like, oh, look, I'm standing in front of these rocks that have paint on them. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Hey, what's the newest? Hey, what's the new Vegas attraction? Oh, um, we took these big boulders. And we spray painted them. <laughs> really? Okay, I'm gonna go take a. I'm gonna take some selfies from my Instagram, and that happened. 
that's it's what I think of as uh, the year one uh, situation. There's always a year one situation in Las Vegas where all, a lot of locals in, are who are conformists. I mean, anywhere you go in the world, people are conformists. So any the year the first year anything happens in Vegas, all most of the locals are like, oh, how can I conform to this immediately? You know, and then they run out and they do something, <laughs> and they do it. And so the point I'm getting at about Formula One is that it has not enjoyed that same conformity. However, there are a fair number of locals that are like, oh, now that I'm watching the races. The Formula One race, it is kind of hypnotizing because you're just watching this thing go around and around and around and around and around. And so, like, it's sort of like getting, um, you know, yeah, you know what? We have hypnotists in town, like Mark Savard. You can go get hypnotized. And that's kind of what, like, watching um, cars go around and around is like. Because it's like, oh, I'm being hypnotized to death. I'm being hypnotized and I'm being brainwashed to enjoy cars moving. And the other thing is like people do enjoy cars. I don't enjoy cars and it's not because I'm some sort of sourpuss about cars. It's because when I was a kid, my brother raced cars for pink slips and he was very good. So he was the best racer in Athens, Georgia when I was a kid. And we always had like 8 million cars, road runners and Chevy Novas and all these like, you know, street racing cars out in front of our house um and so that's fine i didn't begrudge him i thought it was cool i was always like oh cool you want a new car you know but then he would be like hey we're getting he was six years older than me so he was always like hey we're getting in the car get in the car we're gonna go blah blah and he would take me somewhere i didn't want to go because <laughs> he was trying to be a cool older brother you know i don't begrudge him he'd be like hey man i'm gonna go show you this cool thing and then we i'd get in his fast car and the speed limit would be like 65 miles i'm oh, sorry the speed limit would be like 35 miles an hour my brother would go like 85, 90, 95, 100. And I don't know if you've ever gone 100 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour speed limit zone, but it scares the piss out of you. I'm surprised I'm alive, honestly. And so I never really liked being in cars because my brother scared me to death. My brother never got in wrecks, by the way. He's like a, a really good driver because he's a racer car driver. So he's very good and he just never got in wrecks. So that was nice, but... The thing is, is it still scared me to death. And then I got to be older and I sped a little bit for a while. Like I would go five or six or seven miles over the speed limit like everybody. <clears throat> but then at the beginning of my journalism career, I was a cop reporter. So I had to cover dead bodies on the side of the road. And man, let me tell you what, you know, like when you are a cop reporter and you go to the scene of a crime and then you're covering like a crumpled car and dead people, it just does something to you. It just makes you so that you don't want to speed anymore you just go nope and so what i've been doing forever is when i'm in my car i'll be driving along and then i see the speed limit change to 45 or 35 or 55 or whatever i will hit that speed i will go to that speed and then i'll put in cruise control so if the speed limit is 55 then i'm going 55 if the speed limit is 45 i'm going 45 and then people will drive up behind me and they'll be like uh, you need to go faster. <clears throat> and they don't realize that they're, they can tailgate me all they want. I'm on cruise control. I'm not going faster or slower. I'm just going to go that speed. And I'm always going like a safe speed. And every now and then some woman I know, or one or two women have been in my car and they're like, 
they get they go like, oh my god, you you need to drive faster. And I go, how fast do you normally drive? And they go, uh, eight hundred and sixty five miles an hour. And I go, well, that's not safe. And they go, yes, it is. They go, you're not being safe because you're going the speed limit. And I'm, <laughs> and they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> they're just wrong. So, yeah. That's all I really wanted to talk about today was Formula One racing is in town and I have had an inability to conform myself to enjoy it. And that's a little bit unlike me. Normally I let go, oh, there's a new show in town or there's a new this in town. But I have been slow to adapt to sports. And so I was driving home last night and I thought, Man, I really need to just bite the bullet and be like, okay, I can root for the Golden Knights and the Raiders and the baseball team that comes and the basketball team that comes and this absolutely in in the inanity of F1 racing, which is just, you know, there are a whole bunch of restaurants that are having um, problems getting customers because people can't reach the restaurants for the last six months because it's impossible. And currently now it's very hard. Meanwhile, you know, we got this new thing in town. You've probably seen it's called the sphere. It's this big giant globe thing and it's, you know, around the strip and they'll put like these big images on in the outside of it. It'll be like a giant eyeball looking at the city or something. And I think the sphere is the single greatest thing that's been added to the Las Vegas skyline since I moved here 20 something years ago. I love that sphere. I have not been in yet. And I hear that the sound is phenomenal. I hear that the seats go up too high. Like it's um, like if you're sitting inside of it, the seats go straight up kind of like in you know certain kind of like opera houses or something. And that's the problem with the Golden Knights arena, the T-Mobile arena. That's my problem with the T-Mobile arena is T-Mobile arena. You go in there and if you're sitting anywhere, kind of, you're just like, wow, I feel like the seats just go up the wall. Like they just go straight. Like I feel like at T-Mobile arena, for instance, if you were to, if you were like walking around the hallways, you could take a running jump and then leap and uh, instead of going walking down the stairs to go to your seat, you could probably just leap, run and jump, and you probably land in the middle of the ice. Like, it just goes straight down. And I don't like that because when you're watching the concerts or sports, you're just looking straight down onto the ground. I don't – I feel like you need, like <laughs> – you need, like – to wear, like, a seatbelt when you're at the T-Mobile Arena. I'm just exaggerating for comedy, but – so I hear the inside of the sphere is similar to that, where the seats go straight up. Yeah, but I hear the sound system is like world best in the world or whatever. So I'm very, I'm kind of looking forward to going to something that I want to go to. So far, the sphere has only had um, U2, which I'm not into, and some other stuff that I'm not into. So at some point, the sphere will have something I want to see, and I'll go inside of it. But for the in the meanwhile, I think the outside of the sphere is fantastic. I'm so glad. And it, the thing that I like about the skyline of Vegas the most is that the you know the strip has these buildings that look you know one looks like the sphere, and one looks like a um, uh, like a tri- not a triangle. What's the you know the Egyptian 
one, you know, the Luxor looks like a pyramid. And you've got New York, New York. So New York, New York Hotel looks, the exterior looks like uh, the city of New York, which is super cool. I love that one. I love the Paris. If you look at the outside of the, the Par- if you look at the Paris Hotel, you know, it has the Eiffel Tower and then it has the Arc de Triomphe. And that's super awesome. But even if you just look at like the building of that has the hotel rooms in it, even that building has uh, some very cool architecture on the outside of it that looks Parisian. It's a very pretty outside. It's a really nice exterior of the actual building that has the rooms in it. Um, and if you look at stuff, even if you look at like the Wynn and the Encore and the Venetian and these other hotels, the thing about all of the great architecture. I think Vegas has the best architecture in the country. And the reason is that if you were to take most of our buildings on the strip and the sphere and things like this, and if you were to like pick them up and then place them in other cities, they wouldn't fit. If you put like the sphere in another city, you'd be like, what the fuck is this thing? If you were to take the um, Caesar's palace, if you were to take the Bellagio with the water out front. If you were to take um, the Luxor or um, the Excalibur, which is the one that looks like the Disney Castle. If you were to take the Excalibur, the Disney Castle Hotel, and you were to put that in Denver, there'd be an outcry because all the locals would be like, what is this cartoonish buffoonery? You know, but um, here it all works together. And so when Vegas works at its best it does stuff that doesn't fit in in other cities that's one of the things i don't has i have not been enjoying about sports here is that other teams have football and basketball and uh f1 and all this stuff so when we have sports it makes vegas like a normal city and i don't like that and that is just tough titty said the kitty as my brother used to say because that's the future and I have to stop fighting the future. I just have to like conform and adapt and stop being a, you know, a ninny about it. I don't think that I'm a, I don't think that I've been like a whiny bitch about it. You know, like there's this fuck face in town and I'm not going to say his name, but I will tell you that he has the soul of a rancid shoe bottom that has been ground into dog shit and worms. And he is a absolute scum sucking fuck nut. And I don't think that there's any use for him to be on the earth anymore. And fortunately, I never see him. I think I've seen him once or twice in my entire life. And he's in the media and he's uh, says things. And anytime anybody complains about anything, he's he just calls them like whiners and shit like this. And the reason is that he's got access to power. So he's just like, I've got access to power. So I love everything that the powers that be shoved down the throats of the locals. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, you entitled schmuck fuck, you know, like a, what a turd. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that guy blows and he i'm sure he's not listening to this podcast if he were he'd be like oh elfman you're just a you know you're just upset that things are changing because you're a traditionalist me a traditionalist me 
<laughs> that's hilarious. So, um, yeah, right. And that's, I guess, what are, if you have any tips for me to become a conformist who can adapt to the new sports landscape of Las Vegas, I would really appreciate it because I think it's just time. It's time. You know, I think that, I don't think it's healthy to be like, I'm a conformist. And I don't, I think it's equally unhealthy to be like, I'm a nonconformist. I think that there's just so, you have to conform to most things. There's just no way around it. You have to wear clothes. That's conforming. You have to have a house. That's conforming. A car. That's conforming. You're like, oh, those are necessities. I have news for you. They are perceived necessities. Food is a necessity and water is a necessity. Shelter is a necessity. But you could live in a car if you wanted it or you could live in a shelter if you wanted or in the streets. You could live underground. We have people living underground in this town and they're super anti-conformist. So you, by just by, you know, I saw I have a house and I have a car and I work and I wear clothes most of the time and I speak uh, clearly and I'm nice to people so I conform all the time it's not like I'm a nonconformist it's just I'm having trouble accepting that Vegas is in its next phase which is a sports phase so where we get all the sports teams that's the phase we're in we've become a sports town um, so I, I don't know do I so here's my question. Should I just like look in the mirror every day and then look at myself and go, Doug, you're so beautiful. You're such a beautiful person. And it doesn't befit you to be upset about sports. You know, you should just give in and just let the sports inside your blood. The way that we have plastic in our bloodstreams now, maybe I should just let the Golden Knights and the Raiders and F1 and the Oakland A's that are coming to town and whatever basketball team we're getting. Just let it all go into your bloodstream and mix intermingle with the plastics, you know, and then my bloodstream will just be a combination of plastics and cholesterol and golden nights. And then I could really conform and I could go get like, like one of those golden nights license plates and put it on my car. I could get a wrap for my car. I could, Oh my God. You know what? I could get one of those. There are people in town that have like these, um, some kind of iconic things where it's like half Golden Knight helmet, half Raiders helmet. I could get like a wrap for my car. Oh my God, I could get a wrap for my house. And it could have the half helmets. It could have a half Golden Knight helmet and a half Raiders helmet. And then they could, the helmet could be on an F1 driver and he's driving through like an, the new um, Las Vegas A's stadium and the future basketball arena that we're going to have. And um, there's NASCAR on the edge of town too. So you could be a NASCAR. I could, Oh my God. So the car could have NASCAR logos over all over it, like shell oil or whatever, you know? And uh, yeah, I should just conform, you know, maybe what I could do is I could get a suppository of like a, a golden Knights. Oh my God. I could get a, golden knights bobblehead of like the hockey player du jour and i could shove it up my ass and then everywhere i could go i could have the golden knights bobblehead bouncing around inside my colon and then i could be like oh you think you bleed golden knights i suppository golden knights i'm better than you 
because I suppository all of my sports right into my bloodstream with the plastics. And the great thing about bobbleheads are they're they're normally plastic. So that's the perfect plastic sports Golden Knights F1 combination of things that and then you know what when then I'll I can go get like a Neuralink in my brain and the Neuralink could be just different um you know an ESPN Neuralink and they so I constantly am being fed sports and I'm never not a sports person and then I can get a jersey and I can have like cheese stains all over it and um uh what else i guess that's it i don't know so should i look in the mirror and be like doug you're just a sports person now accept it you know fit in fit in at all costs i must fit in i am a robot i am a sports bot 2023 and i will now obey the Golden Knights Raiders F1 system and everything in Vegas is great. Ah, uh, rah, rah, ah, uh, oh my God, I am now an automaton of the Las Vegas tourism industry. <laughs> yeah, good times. Okay. All right, I'm going to go make some coffee. I love you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Here's this podcast. Ha ha, dick, motherfucker.